The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Good Friday morning and welcome to a end of the week edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJXFM. I got my good friend, Sonna Sibley, keeping me company uh, this morning, hour number one. And we got the uh, retired U.S. Attorney, U.S. Army General. Daryl K. Williams, the president of Hampton University, going to be joining us uh, in hour number two. It's my understanding that Hampton is part of the Paradise Jam, so looking forward to that. Let me hear right to it, man. Some all going on, man. Well, the microphone there, long time. Well, not really, because <laughs> we were on the same flight. Uh, we were on 12, the same flight. 11 days ago. How you been? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Analyze this, miss listeners. I miss you. I miss you too, man. Went and got my hair done for you and all that stuff. Man. It looks fabulous. <laughs> I, you know what? He'll be flossing with a length now. Uh, so be crying loud. Every time, every time I see him, he'll be stunting at me with a length. I had to, I had to wrap it up yesterday. I had to bring you back a little fresh yesterday. So, I heard you were hanging out last night, man. Words, words, word around town is. <laughs> Y'all did some damage last night. <laughs> Listen, um, in good form, shout out to Sibonese. We had a great dinner with Greg and Almitra. Mm-hmm. Excellent service. And yeah, some of our visitors are tumbo de comatos this morning yeah, after um, all the laughter, conversation, <laughs> good food and drink out in the West. No, but they're right, man. They're right. When you, uh, when you come down here, hey. Like they're saying, St. Thomas, and, and you hang out the night before. You're Listen, entitled to sleep in, man. Right? You know I saying? want to shout out your St. Thomas listenership. Mm-hmm. They is strong, and they don't recognize my voice mm-hmm. any place. I go be in places and say hello, and people are turn around and say, you, "You is some assembly brown." I know you. I hear you. I don't hear you. I analyze mm-hmm. this. So I, the listenership is strong. Good morning, St. Thomas. Um, and it happened on the plane. Coming in, so that's what I'm talking about. Yo, you've been you've been a jet setter this year, man. Ha, have you flown as much in any year uh, prior to 2023? Because every time I turned around, you was out of here. No, I I have not. I was a New jet York, setter. Boston, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That's just DC. D- Lots DC. of DC. Yeah. Lots of DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alaska, Guam, American Samoa. You did Alaska? Not yet. They coming up. We're going to and Puerto Rico <laughs> is on Saturday. I leave I leave on Saturday to go to Puerto Rico. No, I, I did Alaska in twenty fifteen. In October of twenty fifteen. That was nice. And I want the people yeah. at the Virgin Islands to know I did not win the lottery. <laughs> These are personal vacations. And you're working. I'm working. Mm-hmm. And um hopefully in the best interest of the Virgin Islands and our food system. Mm-hmm. Uh, who we have here on the ground? They're actually in the rainforest now. Shout out, Honeyman. Mm-hmm. They're at his farm doing a site visit. We have visitors from Hawaii and Iowa. Oh, really? Yeah. So, great news. Virgin Islands Good Food Coalition. We had the opportunity to partner with Hawaii, Guam, American Samoa, Northern Marianas, Alaska, and Puerto Rico to write a grant to the USDA. It is called a Regional Food Business Center Grant. And we propose that 
We wanted to do an island and remote areas for the non-contiguous parts of the United States because in USDA structure, a lot of us are often paired with like Vermont, Florida, places that they don't have much in common with us. Mm -hmm. So the technical assistance and the coordination doesn't really benefit us. So we proposed to be a decentralized region. There were supposed to be six business centers. Um, they ended up doing 12, of which the island and remote areas are one of them. So I went to Hawaii, where I had the chance to meet all the partners. We together received $33 million. Seven million of the 33 come to the U.S. Caribbean region, which is the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. And Virgin Islands Good Food is the lead partner um, on the grant. Wow. So it's even a paradigm flip because usually Puerto Rico is the lead and we is the add-on. And I'm happy that this time we is the lead. And there are no add-ons, right? We're in partnership with Puerto Rico. So was it seven? Yeah, seven. Okay. To include Alaska and Hawaii. No, seven. No, 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 no. Every place got their own money. No, 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 no. The, the, the total number of jurisdictions. Yeah, Alaska, Hawaii, then... The small four and Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Okay. American okay. Samoa, Guam, CNMI. Us. That's Us. six. And then Puerto Rico, seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. that's good. Whose idea was this? How did this come about? Which, which forum you went to and... Um, it was funny, a lady who I used to work, I used to be the chair of the National Farm to School Network, and my vice chair one day gave me a call and she told me she wanted to introduce me to a lady named Wendy, and um, I, t I took the e-introduction and Wendy said they were working on a grant and she wanted to introduce me to some people in Hawaii, and that's always been my dream, to kind of do like a Islands and Territories Council, so I said yes really quickly, and um, what I walked into, when sometimes when you say yes was this really fabulous opportunity that has been such a blessing to good food I couldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Because, listen, everything we got here, Hawaii guy, you know, like walking on Hawaii ground, I see water, grass, noni, calabash. They're called passion fruit, lily koi. Um, so it was, Puerto Rico was there with us and Guam was there with us, right? So it was so funny to hear us, like when we were talking about breadfruit and they call it ulu and another place that call it Uru, and then Guam, the call it Lemai. And so, like, same thing with passion fruit. Lilikoi, Parcha. You know, like, it was just, mm -hmm. like, all the different names. But it was actually the same things. Looking up something here, there's a basketball coach. Okay. By the name of Don Nelson, who now, he's one of the greatest coaches in the NBA. He, he now lives in um, um, Hawaii. Mm. And um, he's a marijuana cultivator. Listen, all I think them is agricultural products, and we have to figure out even where cannabis. So he's he's fits. on he's on Maui, and uh, his homegrown is his, his nickname was Nelly. So his homegrown is Nelly Kush. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's song like it, yeah. That's that song. A right? song, yeah, about yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, uh, he's enjoying retirement in Maui. This is a 2019 uh, SFGate.com uh, article. And he's operating a 22-acre farm with cannabis plants. Hmm. And uh, when asked if he smokes every day, Nelly replied, oh, yeah. <laughs> he also said he didn't start smoking until after he retired from coaching in 2010. And he said, um, you got to treat it like a baby. He said of, of how he cultivates his Nelly Kush strain. 
You got to water them. You got to have music for them. You got to bless them. It's a whole process, I'm telling you. <laughs> it, listen, but isn't everything in life a whole process? Yes, 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 yes. Nelly said, Nelson said, Nelly Kush is purely for his own medicinal use. Marijuana, I, this is 2019. It's not legal for recreational use in Hawaii, although he did not specify to HBO what condition he is treating. So I, I don't know. I think they might have modified that since then. I looked it up. He said, I, I've been smoking some pot. Hmm. But I never smoked when I coach, when I played or coach. It's new to me. I'm doing that. It's more legal now than it's ever been, so I'm enjoying that. Hmm. So, you know, that's one of the governor's things. You know, he's been championing even before uh, he took office. And um, it's my understanding that they're hoping to get this thing off the ground so they could generate revenue. Now, generating revenue is one thing. Still got to regulate. Still got to make sure people who invest in this are protected and safe because the element is there can't ignore that can't ignore that you need to be real right and um <clears throat> whatever position you have you know on on uh marijuana uh nobody can deny you uh some of that it's been here for decades man let's be real about that it's it's been here for decades mm-hmm. um I have two thoughts, two very specific thoughts. One, we have a responsibility that any legislation we put into place and any industry we begin to develop, first and foremost, serve those who have been justly unserved by it. Mm -hmm. So we have all over the nation, to include the Virgin Islands, men and women who have been subject to felonies and you know criminal charges due to the role in the marijuana industry how is the virgin Islands seeking to rectify that for those persons second how do we ensure that those of us who are here who may have been in the shadow industry are being afforded the opportunity to learn gain and to mainstream if they so choose right what does punitive action look like if they do not want to mainstream and they want to be independent. Is there something, you know, like how are we navigating that role? Mm-hmm. And then second, if we're talking about cannabis as an industry, like we talk about cannabis as an industry, right? Because the benefit of cannabis will not be realized if we're only talking about cannabis for smoking. We have to look at a whole industry development. Like, are we going to be into hemp creep? Mm-hmm. Are we going to produce hardwood doors and hardwood floors and manufacturing things? Are we going to make um, textiles out of it, right? We have a built-in industry. We're going to make rope like... Are we going to make hemp oil for cooking? Mm-hmm. Hemp seeds for processing, right? Like if we turn in something into an industry, let's talk about an industrial-level development. And if you tell me, hey... Cannabis for smoking is step one. We got a five-point plan that will have space for more Virgin Islanders to become entrepreneurs in a cannabis and hemp world. Then I feel like we are seeking to realize the full benefit. And we're also then taking it about, we're making the product more about this, you know, let's demystify that cannabis is something you could smoke from. Cannabis is an agricultural product that can be used in a medicinal market, in a recreational market, in an architectural market, you know what I mean? In a construction market, and in a um, clothing market, and in in a marine market. Let we do the thing. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, I, and uh, 
so you know if anybody out there who have the policy power to really begin to talk about that i just feel like we need to change our level of conversation because i I think if we're banking on cannabis to generate revenue from smoking i think we are a little late for that boat Mm -hmm. so we got Mm -hmm. to now engineer it and we got to be candid about it too yeah, we got yeah. to engineer it so we could reap the benefit. And mm-hmm. yes, the recreational and medicinal piece will be a strong platform, but we miss the boat. The rest of the other Caribbean islands, they, you know what I mean? So let we innovate on this thing and move a little forward. <coughs> so here's what happened in Hawaii. Thank you very much for enlightening the public to give me, and also at the same time, give me some time to pull up the two story down. We in, don't work in, like our team. In, in early, yeah, in early March, March 8th, the Hawaii Senate approved a bill that would make the state the 22nd in the nation to legalize recreational marijuana. The measure SB 669 was approved by the Senate by a vote of 22 to 3. And then it went on to the House of Representatives for consideration. By the way, um, there was a measure uh, on the Ohio ballot last week, Tuesday, that uh, was uh, approved by the voters, and uh, Ohio is now the 24th state, so we've had a couple states uh, Mm -hmm. since then that approved it. Unfortunately, in Hawaii, though, later that month, later in March of this year, the House, right, um, adult use cannabis legislation appears dead for the year in Hawaii despite support from the state Senate and Democratic Governor. Senate Bill 669, which would have legalized adult use sales for adults 21 and older and set up a regulatory system similar to those seen in other states, was not scheduled for a state house hearing before a key legislative deadline, according to Marijuana Movement. That means that despite the support uh, from Governor Josh Green and the fact the bill had passed the state Senate on a 22-23 vote, Legalization in the state ran into a roadblock that advocates anticipated. So here's the position they're taking. Hawaii House Speaker Scott Psyche has said he prefers state lawmakers spend the summer studying legalization rather than taking quicker action. The state legislature operates on a two-year cycle, meaning the bill has a chance to advance through the House in 2024. In other words... And I know people are extreme or tend to be extreme um, when they hear about an action. He's literally advocating for what you just said, which is we need to look at it comprehensively and not just look at it as well. We could make money. Right. So next year, they won't have this excuse. Mm-hmm. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. well, and next year is another six weeks. Yeah. Time flying. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, that'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, I'm done fighting the obvious. You know, my only concern really was twofold with respect to to um marijuana. Number one, that the youth man them who've been taking the chance all these years, right? My father like to refer to them as Harlem, right? He said he said the deal them they were cutting the big deal them up in Yonkers, right? In Westchester County, but the kids down in the city, down in Shabbat, that's what he said. When we had this conversation almost 40 years ago, he said, down in Shabbat, that's who they're arresting, but they ain't arresting where they're dropping off the marijuana. Correct. You know what I'm saying? 
So that was a, 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 I can remember that discussion like yesterday. So I just wanted to make sure they have a fair shot because we don't want people with means coming in and just dominating. And this isn't limited to marijuana. This is any, you know, a, any, any commodity. That's number one. And then number two, that, you know, we beef up the criminal element, man, because let's face it, folks are willing to do anything and it includes breaking the law and, and violating people's personal property. If me and some, I run into some money and we decide we want to invest in this thing and get go to, um, what are you talking about? Distillery? Mm-hmm. A, a, a distillery route and all that. The last thing we want is when we open our door, you know what I mean? A Glock, they're looking at us telling us, give me what is mine. You know what I'm saying? And, so, and the reality is, is because it, it shouldn't be, it won't be able to go into banks, right? So what we're telling people, if, that's, if, a not, that's another if, dynamic. If the revenue that we think is going to make, what people going to keep it under their mattress, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody, like, there are security measures that need to be taken. There are educational measures mm-hmm. that we have to put into our for our youth, mm-hmm. right? Um, to make sure that they are safe, right? When we begin to sanction something in our community, there is age appropriateness. How are we keeping the younger people safe? I think those would be some of the mm-hmm. concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my but, listeners, one of the regulars, uh, Wallace Williams, said, uh, as you speak of marijuana, I'm reading a, a today's New York Times article on the increasing use of it by seniors over prescription drugs. Hmm. But So so it, it have benefits. And so my question is an infrastructure question. Mm-hmm. Um, how we expect to grow marijuana without water infrastructure? How, I mean. So like, if we're now, so next thing, shout out to the progress, right? You know, I had a great meeting with the Commissioner of Agriculture yesterday. Yeah, and I want to say how are you? He's wonderful. Yeah. And I feel like... He's a wonderful person. Most even-tempered man I ever yes, meet. And I yes, know sir. Dr. Peterson yes, for sir. a very long time. God, give me that even-tempered for like six months. I'd be praying <laughs> that if in, in my own leadership, I Just could be, be as even-keeled and ruffled as, yeah. as Dr. Peterson. Mm-hmm. Just very measured. It's a really great leadership skill. Are you hear the, the English, right? Measured. Yeah, he... <laughs> I he, like uh, tempered. He, he's, tempered. I like, yeah, he ain't uh, like tall. Nah. He, he could stay steady. Nah, he could. I see uh, partner yesterday, too. Not yesterday, before Errol. Chichester. Yep, big up Mr. Chichester. That's the age. We'll take a break. Come back. We're fortunate to have uh, Summer joining me to close out the week. And we'll talk a little bit more about the initiatives that she's working on um, with some big wigs here in the territory uh, on the ground. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. 
Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. Uh, and we're back here and analyze this and uh, yeah, double dose of the voices of uh, analyze this uh summer sibling journalist my doing henry send me a text so let me know he enjoying the conversation so morning said, mr henry Dwayne was up another um analyze this voice by the way uh i got a call last week from uh when i was a senator roosevelt david we served one term together and uh, uh he was um uh at a therapist and uh he said neville i want you to speak to somebody and uh so he he put the young man on the phone, the therapist, I think his name is Brian, and he said, just want you to know, listen to the show every morning and all that stuff. So I want I, f- I forgot to give him a shout out. And I'm glad you're here to remind me because, you know, of course, you're saying that when when, when you make the rounds, they know your voice. So uh, we want to thank everybody that uh, supports and listens uh, listen. to, to the number one. I want, you know what I'm saying? The so, number one from 8 to 10 in the morning. We run now things, I know drive when you're time. listening, I want to say two things. Analyze this when you're sitting, it'll make you low key famous. People, <laughs> people will be watching you. Uh, you'll be like, they'll be like, Oh, you're the lady on the radio. Now this was a good move, yeah. Because, uh, uh, <clears throat> just a little background, a little history. Uh, when it was, uh, I was asked to think of someone, you know, I got selfish and said, Yo, I'll do that. Now, even not knowing that I'm not a morning person, but I needed to do something to get me up in the morning, so. Uh, it was kind of like they're doing something for me as well as me doing something, you know what I'm saying, for the for the, for the the uh, medium. So, and it's worked out, and it's going to continue to work out, you know, God God willing, and got some good people uh, involved. Jamila, right? Jamila, the, the voices. another voice oh, again. So, analyze this. So, so we're good uh, in that regard. Let's talk about um, food. Um, fair coming up. Uh, another 90 days or thereabouts, right? Um Mm-hmm. Second, third week of uh, the third, the third weekend, right? The third uh, weekend in February, President's Day weekend. When are we going to one of these one of these uh, agrifests step up to the microphone and say we were in the ninety percentiles with exporting, we're now down 
in the 80s or the 70 percentiles? How, how quick, excuse me, best case scenario, how quickly that could happen? Oh, man. Loaded so, question. It is a loaded question, and I feel like... Um, what, what would, you know, let me, let me change that. What would need to happen for us to get to the point where we are not importing the percentage of food that we consume? I think that's a good... What would need to happen Mm -hmm. is um, there's two things, three things that need to happen. There would need to be a major investment in the mid-tier supply chain. Define mid-tier supply chain. So after anything that happens after the food is actually grown. So when you're talking about a food system, right, we're talking about food seed to plate, right? So a lot of times um, where we have focused our attention and where we need to focus attention is um, production. Production, number one, need infrastructure, right? So we're talking about water, land preparation, fencing, like the things the farmer needs, right? Um, water being p- critical, land prep, seed, labor force also to get production. Now, if we were to be able to get production on the hand, when the food gets processed, we actually need to create a value chain. So packaging, shipping, right? We don't have no meat, we don't have no meat packing here for livestock. We don't have no um, manufacturer where you could box your product can your product now EDA is starting they you know Miss Marchena can have an incubator um space that she's been working on so there will be some processing chain but we're gonna have to build out that mid-tier the place where we process pack transport and then ship the food so there's public private partnerships we could probably you know work with tropical shipping how are we getting food out of here and what does it need to look like? We would need increased refrigeration and storage. We would need um, to open more marketers, more accountants with food-based lenses, right? We're talking about a whole system and then we need a closed-loop waste management process. What are we doing with all the extras and how are we not adding to um, emissions that come off of food waste um, because the environmental concerns are steep? Because what's it? What's it? You said process, pack, ship. There's another one. There's four of them. Um. So, plant, right? Plant, harvest, process, pack, transform. Transform. Right. Because we could sell tomatoes or we could sell tomato sauce, right? And so, what are the other products? How are we value adding? So there is one a more shelf stable product, but different versions of what the product could be. So you have a longer life, and we're added more value. So that. So it costs more. So it's basically how you get the thing from the farm to the grocery store to the restaurant table. And that's not just growing it. Of course, there's a farm fresh market, right, for fresh food. Mm -hmm. But there's also a market for processed food, which is what most exports are. So if we are not investing in the middle of the value chain, we we're exportation is going to remain minimal because for the size and scale that we are, we ain't going to be able to compete with other islands. So we also need to find what is that niche market. I want to just shout out Todd um, from Mutiny Vodka because breadfruit is one of the niche markets that we could dominate, right? Um, again, this is like a fo- really forward-thinking space. We So with Hawaii, this is, this is such a great segue, in the Regional Food Business Center grant that we got, 
the goal is building out beginning small investments, right? That's $7 million that you're talking about. 2.5 of that $7 million is business building grants. In order to do what you're talking about, we also have to have capital and credit access available for farmers. Again, shout out EDA. Been speaking to First Bank. Been speaking to Banco Popular. All interested in increasing farm loans but we have to prepare the farming community to participate and become more risk ready to step in from just seeing themselves or being treated by the community as like you guys are farmers and step into that business realm where they're credit ready they're going to take a level of mentorship they're going to take a level of support right and that's also again another level of marketing marketing loans and you know, Amina Salim and Peter Chapman with the CDFI, right? That they're trying to open that smalls small, serve small business. Mm-hmm. This would be a great place um, to support farmers. You know, our partners in Hawaii have they're building something called a Good Food Fund, um, which is something. I've been like lusting after, right? How are we pairing private capital? How are we pairing philanthropic capital and federal capital to deploy catalytic investments that really support the farmer in a way that's meaningful, that diminishes risks so nobody ain't losing their land, nobody ain't losing their house, but they could really step into food production. Um, these are the kinds of conversations that I've had the privilege of being in um, in the past year. I'm learning so much and um, I, but I think with the ag plan, right, and Vision Twenty Forty, and um, a little elbow grease, we might be primed <laughs> to get these things done. Our like uh, you're laughing, but is the truth? We have no, some I'm, documents. I'm, I'm laughing at the terminology. I love I love the, the yeah the, 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 the elbow, elbow grease is the yeah. part. Yeah, I like that. Is a regional food business building grant. That's what it says. Regional food business center, and in center. it, in it. They have this thing called, called business builders. So what that means and why Hawaii is on the ground, one is to get a little bit of context, but we're going to be able to grant up from $10,000 is the floor, $100,000 is the ceiling mm-hmm. to farmers and food-based businesses who want to build out the value chain. We're learning with USDA right now because it's a cooperative agreement and this is the first time USDA has done this. That's why I wanted to ask that question. So you got seven jurisdictions, mm-hmm. right, to include two states and five insular possessions. So uh, that has already been approved. Where is that right now? It has already been approved. We are awardees, baby. Okay. So, so let's say Guam, whatever dollar figure they get. Right. Mm-hmm. Your local, your state agriculture department plays what role in this? So in our case, the state agriculture department hopefully is a partner in helping us shape this. Mm-hmm. But the nonprofit is truly the lead for the state department of agriculture. What USDA did is they opened a resilience food system infrastructure grant. Mm-hmm. It's called an RFSI. And so the RFSI... Um, is a non-competitive grant. So the state is guaranteed. And I think it's 2.2 or $2.6 million. And the state with that money can decide what projects it needs to do. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know where we are in the Virgin Islands yet. So like 
the commissioner, when he ready, he would need to speak about that. But there is a partner grant that states would manage. Agriculture is who, which agency is making these funds available for the seven jurisdictions? Um, U.S. Department of Agriculture, Agricultural, Agricultural Marketing Service. Okay, and, and they are, this is in-house administration or you administrating? Talk to me, ask me that question in a different way. You want to know if I is the boss? No, no, oh. no. I, I want to know when they appropriate the money. Typically, with government, they have a, a agency in government who serves as a steward to make monies available for entities like yourself. In this case, how is that set up? It comes straight to Hawaii and then Hawaii to me. So Hawaii is the umbrella uh, possession. Yeah, so uh, they are the lead. Okay, okay, okay. And we are a sub-award under Hawaii. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, good. That's what I'm talking about. Right? In, uh, and you are mandated to do what with these revenues? We are mandated to increase coordination, provide technical assistance, and increase access to capital for farming and food-based businesses that focus on mid-tier development. So we are in a planning year right? Mm -hmm. Trying to figure out what is the same about all of these non-contiguous parts and what is truly unique. So when we build out our granting process and our technical assistance, it actually serves the communities, but gives us an opportunity to knowledge exchange. So there are things that work in Hawaii and Guam that can work here. There are things that work here that can work there. We're saying before you had me paired with Vermont, Vermont ain't got nothing for me. So Hawaii, so Hawaii as the as the uh, administrative jurisdiction, mm-hmm. they're making wrongs now. Yeah. So, so right now they're on the ground here. Yeah, and I'm going to say like how Sally would and, say, mm-hmm. they come to talk story. <laughs> and, and it's really, it's learning and, sh- yeah. you know, it's been very like in that cultural, let's meet people, let's get context. Mm-hmm. We, we say, right, this is so funny. Um, we need to be compliant, but we don't need to be complacent. So we want to check all the federal boxes, but we want to do it in a way that is culturally appropriate and true to people. So the one thing I say is, first of all, you can't be in partnership with the Virgin Islands if you've never been to the Virgin Islands because context matters. And they agreed, right? Context matters. That's why it was all of us as a region that kind of like, come meet my people, come meet my family before you ask to take me out was like kind of like the thinking that we had, like we need to actually build relationship. We see the island and remote areas as a really powerful tool that if we could work, continue to work together, imagine having two states, Alaska and Hawaii, advocating for the needs of the Virgin Islands. So when our delegate make a move, do we have senators now that we could go to? To say this is what we think is important for infrastructure for islands. We just multiply our 150,000 people to have the millions of people that now are across island and remote areas that share our experience. So it was really a strategic partnership because now working together, we would have the representative, hopefully, of all of these places hearing the same language. And we have four state senators. So we really thought about what that meant for lifting up our profile and access to moving policy and farm bill and infrastructure bill and making our voice heard. So this is a value add for the Virgin Islands, right? This, mm-hmm. this, this walk is just the first walk. We got a second bucket of walk. Um, and the reason is I, I had the privilege of going to the White House. I went through um, this 
<laughs> I went through Secret Service twice um, to go to a climate summit, the inaugural climate summit um, that was held by President Biden, right? These are sobering times, right? It's not just the warfare disruption that we're looking at, but we're also looking at the major impacts of climate. So when we're talking about food, like it is in a bubble of what do we need to do to prepare our communities to be resilient and resilient past hurricane preparation. In Hawaii, they have something called pre-covery pods. So they don't wait for the recovery to happen. Mm -hmm. For places that are food insecure, they got a pod that is a pre-covery unit that they are starting to store everything that this community may need in case of an emergency that is run by the community. So I'm, I'm looking at this. Um, you had to submit a grant by late last year. There was a deadline for November Absolutely. 2022. And the United States Department of Agriculture is offering grants to its regional food business centers program to support a more resilient, diverse, and competitive food system, small and mid-sized food and farm businesses. So I'm looking at this right here now. So, so, um, and they got what twelve different regions. Twelve different regions. And and you were the one who tell them, um, ah, you got us lump with Vermont, which I have a, a soft spot for because no. um, they um, in doing my research, because uh, you know I I'm I'm delving into a possible agriculture uh, mm. investment, right? <clears throat> With maple syrup. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maple trees are beautiful. Um, I just saw them <laughs> in Boston. I, I went to, I, I went to a, a, a farm, a maple syrup farm two years ago. Um, because I was looking at uh, maple rum. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you mentioned Todd. I, I met with him four years ago. Uh, uh, we spoke about this uh, maple products and all that stuff. Maple rum, obviously, is the, is the one that, that, that could be uh, really beneficial for us simply because of the cover-over uh, program, right? We're manufactured here and sold into the mainland. Um, we, could, we, could, we could benefit uh, significantly, the government of the Virgin Islands. And Vermont is big on maple syrup, maple trees and, and all that stuff. But the work that they put in to get it, <laughs> to get a maple from one funny funny tree to the grow, to the processing plant. I mean, that's the infrastructure, the knowledge of infrastructure, and understanding that we need to really get our people to to buy into. Oh, I think it'll be different here because we don't really have the weather. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Uh, I mean, we have weather for other things, but for what they're doing and all that stuff, that's a whole different ball game. So it's awesome to know that uh, we're a part of this. And um, just looking at this here, man, the award flow of 15 mil, the award ceiling is 15 mil. Yo, yo, this is... So we applied for the award yeah, ceiling, yeah, no, but we, yeah. um, they said 33 <laughs> is what we could have. No, I good, I good. I understand that. We'll take a break and be back right after this. said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24 seven. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. 
journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Listen to WTJX 93.1 on these apps. Tune in radio, next radio, or my tuner radio. Never miss a thing with WTJX 93.1 NPR in the Virgin Islands. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. There are many complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. We're back here analyze this, and uh, we're getting educated. We respect uh, some agricultural developments here uh, in the territory, and we got uh, the one only Summer Sibley Brown uh, joining. Good morning once again, Summer. Good morning. Good to have you here. So, looking over this thing here, you mentioned Hawaii and Alaska, but they're in a different region. No. Well. They may have been lumped with us for this initiative, but the eligible nationalities when this um <clears throat> this uh program was publicly presented late last year were the insular possessions american samoa guam northern mariana islands puerto rico u.s Virgin Islands. right so tell me how I, I mean it makes sense for hawaii and alaska to be in because they're non-contiguous but tell me how they 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 uh, are attached to us from an administrative standpoint because you say Hawaii calling the shots. So, what happened is, as as a collective, when we got together, we decided that it was more important for us to make a point to USDA in terms of there we go. the experience of non-contiguous parts. Mm-hmm. We are all, regardless of whether they are a state. Or an island at the end of a global supply food chain we're all historically underserved high they have high incidences of indigenous we are actually the only african predominantly african-based territory um in our in our nation right everybody else is an indigenous place mm-hmm. but we are the historically underserved right so our experiences are similar our geographies are similar like 
so what we advocated for is to look at how you are working differently, USDA, and let the non-contiguous parts who have the challenge of food coming in by boat, who have the challenge of working with either very unique um, geographic regions and like Alaska is all cold, but all the rest of us is all hot. We don't have the same seasonality. Mm-hmm. It means something different to us. And you don't have the challenge of getting food across water. Right when they're talking about transportation, they don't have to figure out the ocean as a federal highway, which don't have a transportation, a regular transportation, free and affordable regular transportation mechanism in its infrastructure. Right, mm-hmm. we have these things in common, so we want to work together to figure out how we could innovate to solve some of these issues that are similar. And USDA, honestly, I don't know if I should be saying this on the air, but I just left them in DC and they were like, they're really excited because we, we positioned ourselves to help them think differently about how the work could look. The Virgin Islands, and this is my personal opinion, right? Not the opinion of WTJX or maybe even Virgin Islands good food. Me, nobody, Adan. So stop treating me as an add-on to Florida, Mm -hmm. as an add-on to New York, as Mm an add-on to your work, thinking that your benefits are trickle-down. I want to be intentionally thought of, and I want to be able to present solutions that are born from within my community. And we kind of write the grant from that angle. It was very... We we were like... I just find find the the next story that I think the public... We were like, they're going to fund it or not. And they funded it. In May of this year, that's when they announced the 12 new USDA regional food business centers mm-hmm. that will provide national coverage coordination, technical assistance, and capacity building to help farmers, ranchers, and other food businesses access new markets and navigate federal, state, and local resources, thereby closing the gaps to success. In addition, USDA also announced $420 million Resilient Food Systems Infrastructure Programs, RFSI, to fund innovative projects, which is the term you used earlier. You can, when, when you say innovate, at that point I was thinking KRS-One, you know, with um, my philosophy. <laughs> projects designed to invest in processing and distribution capacity to build resilience across the middle of the supply chain, which we spoke earlier. What's the term? Um, Mid-tier, same thing. Mid-tier management, right? And strengthen local and regional food systems. So we got to give a shout-out to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Yeah. Without a doubt, right? Not just because they're making money available, but because, quote, according to the Undersecretary, Jenny Lester Moffitt, have you met her? No, not yet. She said USDA recognizes that local and regional food systems are essential to the overall food supply chain, and the new regional food business centers are the cornerstone of our efforts to support them. It's a great article. Check it out. And then they got the actual 12 regions, right? And I'm going to run through them now. Because I notice our region got something that you've been talking about, or terminology that you've been using for the longest. So they got Appalachia, USDA, regional food business centers So we can assume that that's the Appalachian area, that's the Tennessee, Kentucky, the mountain area, right? They got Delta, USDA, Regional Food Business Center, that's Mississippi Delta, down there, right? 
They got a Great Lakes, makes sense. Michigan State University playing a part with that. They got the Heartland, USDA, Regional Food Business Center, University of Nebraska. That's what Cornhuskers and all that stuff, right? They got the National Intertribal Food Business Center. Mm-hmm. Right? So we know that is, that's what about making sure that, you know, the natives, the true natives of the country, right? Then they got the island and remote areas, USDA Regional Food Business Center, and the the uh, the steward is the Hawaii Good Food Alliance. So we get this good food. Who was good food first? That's what. That's, so that, the thing that, is, that, is that, that were you or that were Hawaii's taking housing your terminology? No, listen, uh, it was so crazy uh, when that, I find out their name. Uh, yeah. I like how Virgin Islands good food and Hawaii that, that's, good that's food partner. That's what I'm saying. What going that, on? That was kismet. That's how, that was part of like the alignment in terms of good food being important to our community. That was divine intervention is what you said. Yeah. That's what you're trying to when say. When I heard her name, I was I like... I just read it now and I said good food. I said, wait, I go, I go let somebody know about this. I was like, so I, I was so excited. I was like, do Like, yeah. I want to know who housed, who housed the town from who. No, check. So, you, so you got the North Central. Mm-hmm. You got the Northeast, right? That's my stamping grounds. You got the Northwest and Rocky Mountain. That's uh, Colorado State. So universities are playing a part in this. We are the only business center that is not university-led. That's right. That's right. You got the Rio Grande, Colonias, USDA, and that's Texas A&M. You got the Southeast, USDA Regional Food Business. That's the Georgia Minority Outreach Network. And then you got the Southwest. And they include California in the Southwest because the University of California uh, is a steward for that. And I got a web page. We the sure region, do. Regional Food Business Centers uh, program webpage. Uh, this is this is good stuff. So I hope for those uh, who listening, you know, uh, my audience is big on reading. Just on Google, USDA announces finalists for twelve new USDA regional good food business centers. I just uh, matter of fact, just Google USDA four hundred and twenty million dollars, and you're gonna get to this story. And it gives you everything you need to know. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No, and I hope Virgin Islanders, part of my part of my real mission is helping to make who we are and where we are visible and our contributions, right? So this is one of the first places within USDA where we are front and center islands and remote areas hanging with all the other big dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Usually we would have been somebody sub 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 last you know what i mean mm-hmm. somebody saying at is seven million dollars they're giving you seven hundred thousand to do work like we are at a different level of the table and it's asking us to partner with local and federal government to be the cornerstone so we are in cornerstone foundational grounding mm-hmm. conversations about the future of food yeah, but, but we're first and foremost though we're a recognized player that's Absolutely. What, that's what you need. You, you need. you need to have, you need to get at the table. That's what it starts with. Being there, because the reality is whenever, you know, and I, I could say this as you know, someone who traveled on behalf of the VI as a legislator and all that stuff. Everywhere we went to, we're the ones that people want to talk to. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We're, they're like, because a lot of them grew up thinking that we still live in a hut. You know what I'm saying? Rolling my eyes yeah. and true. No, it's the truth. And then and then when they like we I was lucky to be with positive. 
So they see this Rasta man with glasses and, he's and a, a business suit. No, he, he like a suit more than I could ever imagine. <laughs> I ain't a suit guy. He's a suit man. And, and, and they're looking and he's a magnet. I'm just calling a spade a spade. Right? And, you know, we, you know, we there in that trough. And when they start talking to us, first of us, first of all, uh, a lot of them are shocked because, you know, we can tap into the Yankee twang to begin with. You know, think if on the islands that they, they, they're going to be able to understand what we're saying. And then when we start yanking, it's like, oh, really? Uh, they speak the language. <laughs> the natives speak the language. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And then from there, you know, they want to have dinner because mm-hmm. they want to find out about what life is down there. And then ultimately, they're your next overnight visitors or they're coming on a cruise ship. You so know, everything is integrated. So I just like, I know we we almost to the end of the show mm-hmm. because, and I didn't get to say, and we're back. I know that was my, that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite thing to do when, we, when I'm in studios, come mm-hmm. back from commercial yeah. and try to do the Neville voice. Uh, but uh, like, Lona Nichols gives you a shout out. So. Thank you. Morning, everybody. I'm so happy to be talking to y'all this morning, but I want to shout out the local. We have local and national partners, right? Mm-hmm. We got people who the been, local partners? Local partners like RT Park, local partners like Tropical Shipping. When I needed that letter to say to go in with the grant, um, you know, call Jennifer Nugent Hill, call Amina Salim and Peter Chapman and say, I need letters of support. Ironically, like to help show that we are invested as a community. They came through with those letters, right? Partners in Puerto Rico, the Hispanic Federation, the Alliance for Agriculture, Farm Credit, um, National Farm Credit Council, Gary Matheson, Iowa State University, Courtney and Kaylee, like those letters came through and those are our partners one working. Of that, one of them I know. Yeah, Courtney, she, she then King Christian resting up. Mm-hmm. King Christian, um, neighborhood establishment being a partner, right? We don't do the St. Croix Foundation, Chant, St. Croix Environmental Association, right? The nonprofit collective group mm-hmm. wins at my back. Um, the Elders Council, like it have a, there's a lot of moving parts. Shout out, you know, the ladies at EDA, Monique Samuel, Nadine Marchena, Ken, right? Like people who are working with me and working with other organizations and coming together to help us like piece together miss janetta piece together the things that need to happen right this is not summer with a cape on her back being some superhero this is collective action developing solutions consulting agency eileen panic data omi right like shouting out emanuela is a board member that's mm-hmm. one papo data mm-hmm. like sydney paul wouldn't be able to happen without with her without her innovation mm-hmm. like they have a lot of people. I get to be the voice today on the radio, but there's a lot of people. My team, Emily, Nicole, Christina, Kayla, Francis, like we got, we got people and it's people and community and critical connections through our humanity, which is making this type of regional food business center possible. Oh, everybody gets shout out there, so. I, I got to shout out Neville, though, because I could remember the day one um, in Miami when we met in the hotel. And my mother said, Senator James, come back and say he meet such a nice and intelligent young lady. Yeah, that, I was young then. Yeah, man, that one that, that was nice to, to go on the floor and, and say that when, when, I, when I walk in the Miami airport, Marriott, I, I, and this, I hear this face and I hear a little... <laughs> a little wrinkle in the accent and I said, wait now. And next thing you know, but, s- summer we're walking in the front desk and the whole thing changed now. No, pa you, pa you, I don't know when last you've been in there. I gotta go back and no, look. Go, go there. Pa you used to be the front desk. That's now 
a, 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 a convenience. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the way you name shift. The front desk, when you come in the door, the front desk is straight ahead now to the right. But you from. made your door, your office, always <laughs> open to me yeah, for ideas, for yeah, support. Yeah, um, Richard Nix and Janine. And yeah, like your your team, I mean, they knew me so well. Yeah, and there's just, I really appreciated that because I wouldn't be here today. Sean Michael Manuel and Shanika Garnett, mm -hmm. like these are all people along the way who stop. To, to water the tree. Leslie, Leslie Commission just tried me. She, she said, Summer Sibley Brown gives me hope for the Virgin Islands. Oh, wow. That's and the, it's that, like... That, that's the ultimate compliment. Uh, but, and from a brilliant, wow. dedicated Virgin Islander, yes, like sir. the delegate office don't play. I could call mm -hmm. them anytime for support. Mm -hmm. Right? I just, so I just want... Make sure we reach out to um, Marcelina Ventura Douglas with the news feed. Mm -hmm. the, at, uh, she does a news feed at 5 p.m. So you could give her some more details about this. And yeah. there might be folks who might not be able to hear us now, but they could tune in uh, in the in the evening. And uh, you could uh, give her the details. Because this is, I, I didn't realize that, you know, you, you continue to just step it up. I know you've been rubbing shoulders with big wigs all over the world, but this is a good move here. And this, the Biden-Harris administration, you got to give them some credit. Bup, 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 bup. You know what I'm saying? Do, 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 do. Yeah, and, I'm, and I, you got a map here now. You got a region, and of course, we're there in the island, maybe. Um, islands and remote areas, right? And they got Appalachian, North Central, and the Heartland. And well, hey, listen, this is nice, me ain't gonna get in trouble today. Big up my husband, Stephen Brown, for yeah, being man. so patient to let me travel. And my mother-in-law, Marjorie Brown, an avid mm -hmm. NPR listener. Yeah, man and mommy. Morning, Marjorie. Sister-in-law, Shalana, who got my back. Well, Any videography well, I need. So I want I, to I make like sure. That, I, I like that they, they got more than enough regions here, too. Normally, they like to group them a little bit more thicker. Yep. And this one here, they kind of isolate them the right way. And, and, and you can see it. Summer, good to have you here, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Congrats, Love you, mommy, mommy. Congratulations on the good food. What's it? The food center, right? The food center, uh, the regional food center that we're a part of, along with the other insular possessions, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, and Alaska. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Sight Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Sight Park lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. <laughs> 